Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome back to the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith. This is Tom Wallace. Yesterday, I kind of tried to break down for you some of the complexities that are in Israel. It is a multi-religious country, the only country in the Middle East where you have a democracy, you have a republic type of a democracy going on. All the other states work under either a form of dictatorship or still a kind of monarchy like in Jordan. And I will say, in Jordan and in Egypt, which the General Isi is now president, and they have a form of democracy developing there, a voting system that actually might be turning out in this next election to be a fair one. The last one, I think General Isi was trying to hold a fair election, which is, you know, a developing democracy there. Jordan and Egypt are probably the the two closest neighbors to Israel that act peacefully towards Israel, it seems to be, you know, they, uh, but, but why Egypt? Well, Egypt received back in the David Accords, I think, um, in the seventies, we made a peace agreement with, uh, we forged a peace agreement. America did with Egypt and Israel. And the terms of it is that we give them a billion dollars each year, a billion dollars each year. But we don't give it to them in cash. We give it to them in weapons. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> we give them our modern military technology. And, uh, and it seems odd that we would be doing that to a c- country that could use that and turn around and say, well, we no long- we're no longer going to live in peace with Israel. And we're going to turn those things at Israel. So I, I'm not so sure if our uh, peace agreement... Now, under EC, it seems like we have a very reasonable man. Uh, the more I learn of him and hear him talk, I believe he's genuine. And I, th- I think we have a, a an ally there. We've had an ally in Jordan as best as possible. And I do believe that the king there is... Um, is trying. He was educated in England and in, in uh, at Oxford, and certainly has um, an opening towards the West. But getting into Israel, what's happened here is that you need to understand some history. Each time the Arabs that have been living in the land that you and I would call Israel, and please don't call it Palestine. Do not call that area Palestine. Now, where the Arabs are at in those little areas, that is those little parts we could call little Palestine. But please do not insult God. Do not insult God's covenant with the people of Israel. Israel, by the way, is the only people, the only country in the world that can say that 
that we are the same people by the same name, that speak the same language, that has uh, been there 3,000 years ago. They're the only people that could claim that no other nation in the world could. And what is very interesting, too, people say, well, you know, 1948, when they, you know, in the efforts of of dividing up the land and, and pushing these people out of their homes and, 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 you know, and setting themselves up when they, when they became a nation. Well, you know, the exact same thing happened in Pakistan. Pakistan, at the time that Israel was becoming a nation, Pakistan was, you know, was developing into a nation. They didn't uh, restore anything. They simply sliced India the west part of India away and threw all the Hindus and Sikhs out and claimed themselves as a nation. No one in, in the international community saying they have no rights to that land. They, um, you know, the, the ethnic cleansing or anything like that, you know, it's, it's such a double standard of what's going on in the world. And, you know, there's still been uprisings and problems between Pakistan and India through the years. Just like, you know, it, but in Israel, man, it's, it's just a powder cake. Every time, though, that the Arabs have been offered to establish themselves as a state, they have said no. And I call this the five no's. Later, we're going to talk about the three no's. That was a response. But five times, the Arabs have said no about becoming a state for Palestine. Now, the idea was first introduced by the British in 1936. They offered to the Arabs there, said, listen, this came out of the Peel Commission in London, and in 1936, they offered 80% of the land to the Arabs and 20% to the Jews. 80, the majority of the land to the Arabs and 20% to the Jews. They said no. That's the first rejection. Of the five times, and as a result of that, uh, how do they respond? They attacked Israel, you know, or rather the Jews. It wasn't yet 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 a state. Now, a decade later, the United Nations studied the problem and proposed a two-state solution to give the the majority again to the Arabs and a minor portion to the Jews. And so, that in 1947, November, the, the Arabs responded by launching an outright war against the Jews. The third offer came in 1967. And the offer came directly now from the, uh, from the Jews after they were the surprise attack that happened on them, the Six-Day War in 1967. And Israel had won that war, and they gained great amounts of territory. So they offered to them, again, a two-state solution. Listen, let's just have peace. And every time, every time, they have offered land for peace. They keep coming back and saying, no, the Arab League met down in Sudan. And the third rejection was delivered with the famous three no's. No peace. No recognition and no negotiation. I mean, 
how do you work with people who will not recognize you, negotiate with you, and will not offer peace with you? Well, in the year 2000, the fourth attempt, President Clinton tried to bring peace into that into that region with the two-state solution. And um, the Israeli Prime Minister, Barat, met with Yasser Arafat at Camp David. And the Arabs would have had, nine, had all of Gaza, 94% of the East Bank, East Jerusalem would have been theirs for their, for their capital. They negotiated for two weeks, and the Arabs left saying no, no, no. And the Arabs followed up with uh, an intifada on Israel, and they killed over a 1,000 Israelis with suicide bombings. This is when the walls went up, by the way. This is when uh, Israel said, we need to contain it. Then they took the approach, if we're going to be attacked, if this is going to be our life, then we're going to build walls, build fences, and we'll contain it. These are the areas that are designated to them. Let them live in it, and uh, and we'll contain them and keep them from coming in. Uh, if they come in, we check their cars. They go through checkpoints. They go through security, vetting, and so on. Now, keep in mind, there are still a number of Arabs that refer to themselves as Palestinians that are citizens in Israel. There are... Arabs that are members of their courts, that are judges. I think they've even elected a supreme justice who is an Arab. We have many of them in the Knesset, in their parliament, in their government. And so, you know, Israel's the only state over there that allows Arabs to govern with them, work with them. And you know they're part of their uh, it, part of their citizenry. They're, they're citizens. Now you look into the other nations, though the Arab nations. Do they allow Jews to even live in their countries? No. You talk about a people who are racist. the The Arabs are the racist against the Jews. Of course, we call that anti-Semitism. Uh, all right. Now the fifth time, the fifth no was in 2008, uh, Prime Minister uh, Omer offered again from Israel, and this time much more land holdings than ever had been offered before, and Mohammed Abbas rejected the offer. Each time the Palestinians are offered the opportunity to be their own state, they reject it and they reply with vicious violence. So I've been saying for quite some time, take the two-state solution off the table. The Arabs are not interested in it. They don't want a two-state solution. They are only interested in a one-state solution, and that is Arabs as calling it Palestine, and there's no Israel. That's the only thing that they're interested in. Why? Why, again, brings us back to the Quran. They see the Quran as God's word. And in the Quran, the blessing of Abraham, which is attached to the land that's there, the land of Canaan, the promised land, went to, according to the Quran, 
when Muhammad took his son, whom he loved, the, the, the son he favored, uh, he took him up to the mountain to sacrifice him. In the Quran, it was Ishmael. Ishmael is the one who is the favored son. And according to the Arab Islamic tradition, it is the Arabs that should rightfully inherit the land, according to their scriptures. Now, of course, they just simply rewrote the story to favor the Arabs. Muhammad was an Arab. And, of course, he's going to rewrite it to his bent, claiming, oh, the Jews corrupted their text and have altered it. And it should say that it is Ishmael. But as we talked about on Monday, very, very clearly in Genesis chapter 17, that my covenant will go with Isaac, Ishmael. I've heard your prayer and I'll bless him. He'll have 12 sons. He'll be the father of a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac. That's exactly what the scripture says. And it is abundantly clear. But um, this is uh, a conflict that will continue to go and continue to grow, we pray. Uh, by the way, I want to say this. We're going to see real soon when Israel starts to do the ground war. We'll see, and it's already happening, but you'll see more video of it, I'm sure, of the Hamas using women and children as human shields. They've been doing it in the past. We need to realize the Palestinians that are there, Hamas has them under hostage as well. These are the, the Palestinians are hostages too, and we need to keep that in mind. Well, that's going to be it for today. Join us again tomorrow at the corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.